So are we gathered here for a reason tonight? I uh, feel like we're uh, we're supposed to talk about something. I'm just here for the chicken, <laughs> dude. You're a fucking vegan. <laughs> He's trying Don't, to save the chicken. Look, you should have just look, let him do it. <laughs> when chicken is free, red. This is the Dark Side Records and Gallery podcast. <laughs> Sound of From the fryer. stove to your bowels, what happens when you're a vegan? Isn't that pretty much what our podcast is anyway, from their ear to their bowels? <laughs> More or less. Welcome, everyone, to episode four of the Dark Side Records and Gallery podcast. Wait, this isn't three and a half? I'm JB. I'm Daryl. I'm Justin. And I'm Berto. Uh, this week is uh, a special week. Isn't uh, every week a special week at this point? I guess. I like to think so. The last two weeks have been special. The reason this week is special is two reasons. One, drum roll, no executive producer, so we can say anything. We could say anything we wanted. Birdo is like salivating. He's like, oh my God, the horrible (laughs) things I'm going to say. I'm going to talk about so many things. The best part is, though, with these headphones on, even when she's here, I can barely hear like her derisive remarks from down below. Oh, Who's the one being derisive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be edited. But in, realistically, I, I am always edited. Seriously, you could probably save a lot of time. Just take Birdo's vocal track <laughs> and just drop, <laughs> just drop it and then be like, okay. Yeah, I think the, and, and a horse noise. <laughs> and without giving away too much, last week's podcast, we had a computer crash in the middle of it. And so we had to start over. And I had to sift through maybe two and a half hours of... Naughties. Dark side bullshit <laughs> of this podcast. That polished turd right. of 64 minutes. Exactly. All 85 megs of it. I'm, I'm going to interject here because I just thought of this, and if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget. But Be we actually, Daryl was a witness to this, uh, had our first podcast, Discount Redemption. Yes. Yesterday. Yes, yes, we did. I was there. You were there. You yeah. hadn't watched it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Holy shit. And I didn't get the gentleman's name, but he is a listener, apparently. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, very, he came up to the counter very subtly, <laughs> like, you know, like you're whispering a KGB code word. Yeah. He's like, so what happens when I say Comanche? <laughs> and all three of us just <laughs> yeah, yeah, paused at first. There was a pause. <laughs> and it was like, victory. <laughs> oh, my God. It would, yeah. We took his picture. Balloons. Confetti yep. fell down. There was balloons. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Dallas cheerleaders. Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. They were hiding in the out. bathroom. I mean, they for were around time. somewhere, not in Poughkeepsie necessarily, but they were doing something. Yeah, thank God we don't have to feed them anymore. Now they're out of the bathroom. It's true. Ah, it was really exciting. It was really exciting. Then, not only did he redeem Codename Comanche, he uh, had a nice conversation with Berto about Comanche. He did. He seemed mm-hmm. like, you know, he asked some educated horse. questions about horses. Educated horse questions. About his breed. And, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's when I walked away when I heard, so what kind of horse is Comanche? And I hear blah, 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 blah. And he has, and he has white socks is what I heard. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> this is time for me to go. <laughs> you and I, we both just groan. Like, oh, just walk away. Why are they white when they're just going to end up brown? There's several questions leading up to that question that are way more important. So, Is someone's phone not on silent? That was my bad. Sorry, guys. It's okay. It's okay. This we week, are docking 10 points from Gryffindor over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Harry Potter reference, which that is, is a Harry great. Potter reference. I've never seen Harry Potter. I've never seen Harry Potter. You know it was a book, too, right? What's a book? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so for this week, the other special thing that we have is this is our official podcast where we share with all of you 
our top ten list. Wait, a, is there an, our end of the year podcast? This will be our last one for 2014. This is our last one? Holy for shit! Now, wait, 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 wait. Fitting one in between now. Wait, wait. We're glossing over something very important. He just said this is our official podcast. Is there some unofficial <laughs> one I don't know about? Have I not been invited to the unofficial Dark Side podcast? JB, I didn't God want to tell you. Damn this. it, you slipped. <laughs> we're talking about this later during you the real thing. You guys don't podcast. know what I do when you're gone and all the equipment is just here. <laughs> it's you and the cats. <laughs> just me and having a dialogue with Nipper. So, Icarus, what do you think of records? Well, I think <laughs> Dead Mouse. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Ugh. That was pretty good. That was like a Daryl joke. Was class. I would have said Catatonia. Oh. <laughs> Taco Cat? Taco Cat, right? I feel like I was supposed to have one, but I don't. It's okay. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should do a, like an acapella best of the year. Everybody harmonize. Best of the year. Best of the year. Best of the year. Best of the year. Yeah, that is so going to cut out. That was a special moment we all shared. We're going to turn into a, a weird barbershop quartet <laughs> or doo-wop group. We're going to hear just the snapping. Top ten. All right. scap, 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 it's quickly turning into slamboetry. So this is going to be uh, us each going over our top ten list. I like that two of you physically wrote them. Like you hand wrote them on paper. Uh, Physical false, media is not dead. I typed mine. So he took one step past JJ and I. We just typed ours and he typed and printed it. True. I even though he has an iPhone. I, I also uh, have it in my iPhone. But my iPhone list was like my, my rough list and it was jumbled. I actually um, created a, a very comprehensive and confusing point system mm-hmm. where I ranked every release this year by a series of points, put it into a formula and a spreadsheet, and then uh, spit out the results. Well, you are the resident math guy. I didn't so actually do that. Thanks, I did, no, I didn't do that. But You I, did like fantasy album picks? Fantasy picks, right. Yeah. We'd set ourselves some loose guidelines. There were parameters. Um, so none of, the, uh, none of the albums on our top ten lists are reissues Correct. of past albums. And also, to this point, actually... This uh, is going to air after we've released it all online. But to this point, we haven't actually discussed our top ten list with each other. That's we've discussed true. That's true. a, a well, like couple bits items. And pieces here and there, but never the final result. Yeah, we don't know each other's full top ten list at That's this point. Right. So this is all, we're hearing this as we go for the shock value. All right, so no reissues. No reissues. Uh, mm-hmm. EPs were allowed. Yep. EPs were allowed. I guess singles we're not. Well, or, as I, I said really to Justin we, earlier, the if you'd like to single enough to put it in your top ten releases of the year, more power to as you. As long as it's a recent or new material. Right, re- correct. For the first time in 2014. Who put out a single that didn't put out a record? Uh, well, I debated for my list the Wind Hand single. Wind Hand and Salem's Pot Split 10-inch. Well, that, that's a release, though. Yeah, but it's technically just a single. It's one track each. No, it's, a, it's a split EP is really what it is. I don't think two tracks is an EP. Two tracks does not an EP, EP make, my friend. Play. It depends yeah, on how long like, it is. How long, how long the tracks I mean, are. the well, tracks it, are pretty long. So if, this was, new bands, if it was a Sunno EP, it was, <laughs> it's only an hour long. Exactly. If it was a Yob EP, it'd be one well, track. Is it more than 32 minutes? Because that's how long the Smashing Pumpkins album is. I think it just really comes down to, you know, I mean, every artist interprets what they consider a release, but we're talking just about new releases for 2014. Right. If it was one song or a split, and that's what you picked as, as one of your favorite new releases, it's really just about it being a new release. And I think it's it's good that we set some of those parameters, because as we were, at least I was following a lot of other uh, stores, people posting yeah. their top tens, Websites. and they're just, uh, for instance, one posted the So Hideous album, mm-hmm. which came out last year, but it was reissued this year on vinyl mm-hmm. through, and like, no, nope. that, that, that doesn't count. That's nope. not how that works. 
Like, yeah, and initially, I was actually I was it set me back because a lot of the uh, the albums I bought this year, specifically for my like soundtrack collection, mm-hmm. were reissues of you know scores from 1970s slasher films or something like that. And on that note, we actually are going to be doing a section at the end of this list yes, where we're going to talk favorite about favorite reissue of the reissues, year soundtracks, just things that came out the week that were honorable mentions. Right, right, honorable mentions that just didn't fit in the list. Yeah, Berto, why don't you kick us off then? <laughs> Four score and seven <laughs> albums ago. <laughs> okay. To start, I should preface this with saying I didn't really put them in any order. So it's just a top ten. Oh, so you're but a dick. I have, yeah, well, fuck you, Daryl. <laughs> uh, so my number ten was uh, John Butler Trio's Flesh and Blood album. I'm surprised hmm. that's that low for you. I was too. Uh, I, re- I kind of ranked my list. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised it was that low on my list too. I, I listened to it a lot. Uh, there were some other things I listened to uh, more or enjoyed more. Didn't you, you could, like drive to New Hampshire or something one night to see him? Two years ago. Two summers ago, I drove to New Hampshire. That to, was that uh, long see ago? Their show. Yeah, because after I got back from Australia, where I discovered them. Hmm. But it's a fun album. It's kind of it's upbeat. It's good instrumentation. He's an amazing guitarist. You liked it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, number nine is Beck, Morning Phase. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, also surprised that's on your list. It made my list because I like Beck... I think that's the only Beck album I actually have gone out of my way to own. Hmm. Uh, and I think it was, you're wrong there. I, I, I agree. Uh, in retrospect. I, <laughs> I'll I tell you <laughs> what you went out of your way to get. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a lot of his uh, older past albums, it would get a little too weird for me. Or I would just, on first listen, I wouldn't be into it or we could, couldn't access it as much. No, wait, I'm uh, already sidetracking you, but just a quick quick thoughts on Sea Change, because Morning Phase was a follow-up to Sea Change. Admittedly, I haven't listened to Sea Change. I think I've listened to it once, um, so I need to listen to Sea Change. We'll talk later. Okay. I'm moving on to number yep. eight. Great. <laughs> okay, number eight was uh, Ryan Adams, the self-titled album he released this year. Okay. Um, I never really listened to him until Justin and I were in Los Angeles for uh, the Music Biz convention, and he performed at a, you know, a small event there. And it was awesome. Do you have a picture with him? I might. You do. You I do. do. I you do. do. I'll tell you I what do. you have. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I had? I also, in that picture, was the same Spite mustache I wore for Chuck D. Yeah. Right, right. You wore it for Chuck D? I oh, wore Chuck. it for Chuck D. I did this for you. <laughs> Who wants mustache? Security. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's how I got a restraining order. Number, <laughs> number seven was the first soundtrack that made my list. Uh, it was Jeff Grace's score to House of the Devil. Oh, Jeff Grace. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Jeff Grace! House of the Devil! Oh, All right, wow. that's a movie. I never heard of it. Uh, the movie came out last year, but the uh, album was never released until this year through Death Waltz. Um, and it's just a solid piece of composing. So it's just, it's just, it's like one guy. It's one guy. It's one artist. He scored, and he... He scored it, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Is he the John Bryan? Of horror soundtracks, one not pe- our John Bryan. You mean the guy who produced Kanye's one of Kanye's records? He really? Would yeah. you mean John John Bryan with B R I O N? Correct. Yeah. He uh, he composed the soundtrack to Paranorman. He did so many. He's done so many he's soundtracks. Done a lot, yeah. He did so many. I am so he lost. Did so <laughs> many. They're things. talking about me. You learn more about soundtracks, damn it, Darren. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Number six is actually the Pixies. 
Indie Cindy. Ooh, I like that record. It was yeah, good. It's a uh, it's a solid record. I kind of put it on not knowing what to expect, and I could, you know, I've listened to it through several times. I, I actually thought you were going to be uh, a little higher on that on your list. Thought that was going to be higher. Here well, go. again, this is rough order. This uh-huh. is rough. But order. you said your top three were your top three, so I, top three, I thought that was going to be in the top three. top three. It's it's tough, man. When you're a band, you take you know 15 years off or whatever, and you come back with an album. It's tough, but they it's solid a, reunion album. It's yeah. a really good record. Yeah. Number five is the new Ghostface Killer album. Really? Which I've been listening to this week. Wu-Tang? And I, I debated Wu-Tang. The standard for my list was it had to be a solid album all the way through. And mm. Wu-Tang had some good, good tracks, just didn't cut it all the way through. We had a customer this week who said the same thing. He liked the new Ghostface more than he liked yep. the new Wu-Tang. Right. And right. I like what Ghostface has done. Like The last few albums he's done have been like concept albums, and mm-hmm. he's tied in a comic book to it, which mm-hmm. is another one of my nerd categories. And so it's just a solid album all the way through. Okay, number four is the, another soundtrack, Julio Piado's. I thought you were going to say Iglesias. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> Aren't you a young Julio Iglesias? I have often been said that, yeah. I have often been it's said been that. Said. It's been said, so to speak. <laughs> so to speak. Plug and play. Julio Piado's Here Comes the Devil. Uh, that's another one. Here um, Come the Devil. It was actually a Mexican well, horror film. Got that damn chicken. <laughs> and this is, this is where we're going with it. Here, here come the colonel. <laughs> okay, um, so it's a Mexican horror film. It's it is subtitled in Spanish language track. Have and, you seen uh, the film? Wait, I the have soundtrack seen the film. is Span- subtitled. No, the soundtrack <laughs> is not Spanish. <laughs> but it mixes a lot of uh, kind of dark mood music with some random hardcore tracks in there. That uh, was surprising. It like serves the film really well. So it's hardcore with your deedly doos. Hardcore with deedly doos. Yes, with the deedly doos. That's what I call his soundtracks because a lot of times I'll walk into the store and it's just deedly doos. And it's do 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 Holy shit! I just think you wrote the score for something. <laughs> you should probably get a record deal immediately. Get Death Waltz on the phone. Burn on, the on your studio. Flamingo, <laughs> whatever his name was. What? I don't even know. Placido Domingo. Get him on the phone. Totally different. Get that motherfucker! Uh, so that, those are my, that's my ten through four. Is uh, that list right there? Okay. All right. So now this is your top three. This is my top three. All right. Here. Okay. So number three. Number Wait, three. You're second guessing your order still. Like as you're reading it, you're like, oh. yeah, that's exactly what went through my head right <laughs> I, there. I kind of feel the same way. I so feel my, like the, the top three is the only thing I'm set on. Like the rest moves a little bit, but I, I agree. I mean, the top three. Uh, although I, I did edit the top three up till today. Today the edits occurred in my top three. And once again, people who are listening, tell us if you feel the same way. Like, if we obviously we put our lists out, we uh, encourage you to send yours. We'd love to hear yours, and you know, tell us how you felt about making a list. It's true. It's tough. Uh, going into this, I criticized people who uh, were daunted by making this list, and I take that back. Mm-hmm. I've been put in my place. Number three was Smashing Pumpkins: Monuments to an Elegy. All right, listen. I'll be the first to say the album's won me over. I, I actually right. really enjoyed like a couple weeks of listening yep. to it. it. It really, it, but I still have that major beef in that it's only thirty-two minutes long. It's a short album. After how many years? Well, when did uh, Oceania? What is it called? Is it Oceania? Oceana. Was, was two years. I want to say. I oh, really? Was, that's uh, it. Two years ago. Oh, okay, yeah. it hasn't been that long. But it seems like he, there should before, have been more to before it. Before that album, it was several years. There was this thing called Zeitgeist in there. Which, but he's done other things as well. He's put out. He's done so, other things. He had a solo album. He had Swan was yeah. a side band he did in there for a while. Like he's been actively participating in the music industry, but not as Smashing Pumpkins. Right. Didn't he do the soundtrack to Stigmata? He did. He uh, composed Ooh. the soundtrack to Stigmata. 
So the new album, Monuments to an Elegy. (laughs) I guess since his last album, Oceania. Oceana. Oceana. It's weird weird when you say it like that. Whatever. The Ocean album. (laughs) Um, Ocean. uh, How'd you feel about Geish? (laughs) It's one of my favorites. Sam, I say dream. 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 What is with the pronunciation the last couple weeks? I got fucking railed for saying Mario instead of Mario. Because you're uh, fucking you're wrong. wrong. <laughs> the hell is your problem? Hey, listen. You're on American. <laughs> Unless you're going to put your hand out and do the, the little thing when you say Mario. It's wait, a me, a Mario. Wait. Actually, I was talking about this with somebody uh, the other day. We were talking about this whole Mario versus Mario thing. Here is the deciding factor. Here's how we settled it. If you're a douche, you're not a douche. What does the character himself call himself? Mario. Hey, it's a me. Mario. He's, Mario. He's saying it with an Italian he accent. He says Mario. Mario yes. Cuomo. <laughs> but he's saying it with an accent. No, he says Mario every time. It's a me, Mario. Mario. He, but he has never once said, hey, it's me. Mario, he says, it's a me, because he's a caricature of an Italian-American. <laughs> he's a stereo- stereotype. Yes, he's a fucking stereotype. So I'm going to call him Mario. It doesn't I'm change. breaking the mold. All that's different is the pronunciation of the A. Nothing else matters. The A, he says, Nothing ah, else. not A. He's Mario. Well, this is this is America. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Mercutio. <laughs> this is not. Yes, this is not America. What a Shakespeare reference. <laughs> yeah, I did. Dark Side Podcast first. There was Shakespeare reference. <laughs> anyway, Burgo, uh, I think you were uh, talking about oh, the, yes, okay. the smishing pumpkin. So I, would, I would consider this a uh, the next step in a decent comeback. I mean, there are a lot of people are criticizing Billy Corgan for continuing the name Smashing Pumpkins because he literally is the only existing original member. Yeah, I don't I, think that's all that matters, though. I, I, I agree. I wouldn't even call this a comeback. He's been consistently putting out records don't as call Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, for this album, he got Tommy Lee to play drums in the recording sessions. Mm-hmm. He's not touring with him, though, is he? I he's don't got, believe so. He he's has got a Brad Wilk. Is Brad Wilk yeah, doing the yeah, entire yeah. thing? Cool. I mean, at least some dates. I don't know if it's a whole I already said I did one over. was a solid album. Uh, it's a little synthy, which Daryl pointed out is one of his, uh, you know, the things he didn't like about it on initial listening. I think it's overtly um, melodic, and like it kind of melodic. lost. It lost some of that. They were. I, I would never consider the Smashing Pumpkins grunge, but they always kind of had that fuzziness. Mm-hmm. They had some fuzz, yeah. And I, 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 I think that fuzz is gone on the new album. I think it's a little they they streamlined. Were, they refined it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely refined the sound a bit, for better or worse. But the the lyrics are strong. Um, the song compositions are strong, and you, know, you listen to it all the way through. It only takes thirty minutes, but. Um, <laughs> If you need, a, you need some a, time killer, you need some filler. Yeah, that's, a vic- that's a victory. It's only there. thirty minutes. It's, a, it's an album for cook for working moms. That's thirty true. minutes or less. <laughs> but uh, it definitely makes my top three. It's it's a fun listen. And as a Smashing Pumpkins fan, I've been looking forward to it for some time. And cool, it's a great way to for stay apparently about two years. <laughs> Number two is a recent addition to my list, as recent as this afternoon. Mm. Ooh. I added one today, too, for the record. The album Primitive and Deadly by Earth. Hmm. Ooh. Number uh, two. Made yeah. number two. Yeah. I listened to it. Uh, Daryl and I threw it on yesterday, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty solid album. Uh, instrument, I mean, recently. It has instruments? 2000s. Earth has been mainly an instrumental kind of doomy band, and normally I'm not that big into the doom metal. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sleep or Witchcraft doesn't always do it for me. But uh, this album, they brought in some vocalists, uh, including Mark Lanigan for a couple tracks from cool. Screaming Trees. And it just it's added a new 
new flavor for them, which I found kind of refreshing. Uh, the lyrics are still kind of you know, dark and gloomy, but the uh, after listening to it twice today, it definitely, I think, it catapulted holds itself. a solid number two on the list. Meteoric rise to number two. Last minute entry. Made it in. That's right. Cool. Number one. Number one. This is the one. I've been waiting for Birdo's number one for a long time. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Well, none of us know. This is a golden showers thing? Like Yes. Okay. Uh, Roberto, shower us with your number one, please. <laughs> number one is uh it's unique. Hello. It is a score to an old film that was never released. Uh it's the original score that was written for Stanley Kubrick's two thousand one A Space Odyssey. Uh, and as the story goes, Alex North, who was the composer, was asked was friends with Kubrick and was asked to score his new science fiction you know, monumental film, 2001. Uh, and Kubrick sat down with him at a meeting and said, listen, I have all these pieces of classical music in my head that I think work great with the, the rough cut, uh, but it, it needs a proper score. Like, can you do something with this? Make it work. And then in post-production, Kubrick basically said, fuck you for your months of work, scrapped his score, and went and put in all the traditional classical pieces that everyone knows with 2001. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, and this year, for the first time, it was they kind of unearthed the uh, original recordings of his score, gave it the credit it was due, released it in a really awesome vinyl package through Mondo, and it's incredible. So, do you think it is better than what actually got attached to the film? I, I think it is better in the sense that it was original. It was. I mean, Kubrick's 2001 was a obviously an original monumental film and i always found it kind of interesting that he took classical pieces to kind of fill in the the soundtrack in the back um even before knowing this about the original score uh i think it would have done it justice if this music were used in the film interesting i think kubrick would come back and slit your throat for wanting to kubrick, change his vision um, <laughs> there's actually in the in the liner notes to the album there's a quote from like kubrick representatives that say uh something to the effect of Yes, Alex did a lot of hard work. Thank you. I'd honestly, I'd kind of like to see the movie with his music put in. I've, I've thought, I've thought about trying to figure that out. Yeah, I'm there sure must be somebody, somebody out there. Yeah. That did it. It's a and if, you, of time. if there isn't somebody out there who's done it, please, someone who's listening, just do it. Do it and send do it, it to Berto. Do it. Doesn't even need to be that good. Just fucking put them together. <laughs> do it. <Just> do it. <laughs> so that's my list. That's my list. Cool. I, I'm, I, I applaud your list. Yeah, it was a little more diverse than I thought it was going to be, and a couple things just popped on there that I didn't expect. I, yeah. I do try and be diverse in my, my listening tastes, which is one of the things that uh, we've talked about in the past, how the staff at the store has pretty diverse tastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, judging by your list, I would say that it's possible that there's going to be an overlap on a list or two. There may be a couple bits of overlap here and there. But you know, when we talked about this last week, we didn't know if there were going to be any overlaps, so that's, that's kind true. of interesting. But we do all have very different tastes. Let's be real. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jack White has made it onto several of the lists here. Well, it didn't make I mean, Birdos. I struggled with it, and I really wanted to just have just ten entries that say Jack White, <laughs> Jack that, White. That's what I Jack think White. JJ's was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure JJ's is the same, but with a little more semen on the paper. <laughs> it's Jack and, White so, and a hologram. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm just going to seductively drink my beer. I can't wait for the Jack Black, Jack White uh, cover of Ebony Ooh. and Ivory. Mm. <laughs> oh boy! As performed by Jack Nicholson. <laughs> We're just saying Jack's now. Yeah, uh, Jack Lemon is on it. Well, they all He's drink dead. it. Jack, uh, Jack <laughs> Nicholas Lemon. Can't be on it. 
the golden hey, bear. Old Dirty Bastard was on the new Wu-Tang album. He's been dead for quite some time. Boom. All right, who's going next? I think JB's going next. Oh, oh shit. All right. So for my top ten, <gasps> I want to say I had half of these lined up ahead of time. You did seem to have a pretty solid head start on everyone else. You were a smug little bastard when we talked about this the other day. I had my shit written like a week ago. The truth is, sorry, everyone, I faked that video. That was, that was, <gasps> but you played Mario right uh-huh. in front of you me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lied to I us? lied to the people to make that video. So my top ten is, starting with number ten, Prince, Plectrum Electrum. Okay. I picked that because I was genuinely really impressed with that record. Like, I, I'm not typically a huge Prince fan. I love, you know, Kiss and When Doves Cry and Abbey Road. But, uh, like, this truly to me was just, it was a really, it was a solid record. That made me go back and watch a bunch of videos of him playing guitar, like that, him doing mm-hmm. uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Mm. And dude can play, man. So I, I totally came around on Prince, and that's why I put him on my top ten list. The year has ended. I'm still not coming around on Prince. You'll get there. You'll get there. One day. Number nine, Damon Alburn, Everyday Robots. Hmm. Interesting. Is he? Uh, he's in the Gorillas. That's actually why I liked it. Is because I'm a, a big Gorillas fan, but specifically, I'm an early Gorillas fan. I love the Gorillas' first record, and this to me was really reminiscent of their first record. Didn't they only have two or three records? <laughs> I think they. Well, no, they put out. I think they put out four. Really? Uh, plastic. But if it's under Peach. like the newest six, one. does it yeah. still count as early and late period? Well, because each album had a different producer. This is my okay. understanding of the Gorillas. It's Damon Alburn with a different producer every time. Third but the, but the first one was my favorite for sure. Yeah. Number eight. Not a shocker to anyone. The Melvins. Hold it in. I'm surprised it's uh, that loud. I... No, you know what the the record is. Uh, it's not my favorite Melvin's record, and I give it credit for they are consistently changing, consistently adapting, consistently, I don't want to say rebranding themselves, but they're always doing something new and different. And well, I, It's my understanding that almost every album is different in some way. Exactly. Right? It's either a lineup change or an instrument change mm-hmm. or something. And listening to it, we listened to it actually in the store uh, this week. That's right. I And I came around on it a lot. Like, I really listened to it and listened to the whole thing, not just you know, songs individually, and came around on it a lot. We were listening to it, and I hadn't actually heard much of it prior to the other day when we were there together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize it was the new Melvin's record. And I'm sitting there like, oh, this is, whatever this is, this is good. And then we got the shipment of the, the LP in, and we were talking about it. I'm like, I haven't heard it yet. And you're like, dude, you just listened to it. And I was pleasantly surprised. My favorite Melvin's albums are the ones where big business is incorporated. But you know what? This is the immediate follow-up to that period of the Melvins. It's a good record. It's good. Cool. And I had to put a Melvins record on my top ten. If they Lowered had expectations. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. It's only their 30 fucking year anniversary this year. Ooh. <laughs> and? Somebody's a little sensitive, clearly. It's me. So number seven. Jack White. Lazaretto. This was also the year that I really came around on Jack White, who previously I just not off. I could not, uh, you know, it was, I never had anything against him. I just, just didn't care. I feel like you had something against him. It's because he's handsome. What if just Lazaretto, what a cool fucking record. If nothing else, just the Ultra LP itself, put it in the top 10 for me. Number six, 
Mutoid Man, Helium Head. I feel like the rest of this is going to go quickly because no one knows what you're talking about. Mutoid Man is a rad record. And if you guys haven't listened to it, you should you should check it out. Okay. Especially if you like Converge and Old Cave-In. I, I do generally like both of those things. They do a cover. The last song on the record is a cover. Makes the whole record. Even if you hate the whole record, I promise you, you're going to hear this cover, and it's going to it's going to blow you away. What is the cover, cover of? What's the cover? Don't let me be misunderstood by the animals. Hmm. And it's it, a great song. It makes the whole song. fucking record. Even right. if you hate the record, just trust me. Just check it out. You're going to okay. like it. Idea for another podcast: mm-hmm. best covers. Ooh, Done. shit! We should have. Oh god. I yeah. agree. We're, come middle next? of come middle of January. What the fuck are we? <laughs> no, we got, isn't our next one uh, the um, music that changed our lives? Music that changed our lives. Like yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then we can do best covers after that. Okay, I agree. cool. Okay, number five, new Yob, clearing the path to ascend. I fucking love Yob. I saw that on a bunch of lists on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a lot of press for that. Maybe want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard it. Yet. It's good. Uh, number four, floor oblation. Mm-hmm. Because not only am I a Mike Patton fanboy, I'm also a Steve Brooks fanboy. It's true. I and that, that and that floor record, it was a good record. Fucking rocks. I got you to to buy it. You got me. I bought that and their um, the reissued self titled. Yeah, yeah. Solid record. Cool. Uh, number three. Here we go. Okay, here's my top, top three. three. Top three. Number three. These are the first. These were actually the first three that I knew before I had any of the rest of the list set up. Number three. Paul Bearer. Foundations of Burden. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have listened to the new Paul Bearer record, but it's a huge step for them, and if nothing else, just a really good record. I haven't listened to the new one. I did listen to their last one. That was a couple years ago, I think. I loved the last one, and this one album. is like a whole... It's it, To me, it's like a whole new animal. The, the band mm-hmm. like it definitely took really big steps in songwriting and production and how they present themselves. It's a great record. Aren't I'll they putting out the 2010 demo on vinyl again recently? Don't Very we have soon, it, yeah, yeah. Don't we have that coming in? Mm-hmm. I think we ordered that, so that's... Uh, you know, Maybe before out. the end of the year. Number two. Numero dos. See, Los Helms Ali, Sleepwalking Sailors. Interesting. I know that all my picks, like you guys don't listen to any of my picks, so I'm just like saying things. You guys like, oh, you never uh-huh. play your picks. I can't because we're stuck between Taste Sweezy and fucking no, Prince. Listen, you can put on whatever you want. And some classical bullshit. JB, we're working together tomorrow evening, and I want to hear your playlist. Done. I want to hear that Mutoid thing. Mutoid guys. Mega Man. The Mutoid bearers. I want to. Met- Metroid yeah. Man. <laughs> Metroid man. Metroid I'm that Mutant Yob. All right. Number two, Helms Elise, Sleepwalking Sailors. Just, I love that band as well. Uh, and I saw them. I actually went to see them at... My house? You came to my house? You're pointing at me. I went to see them at St. Vitus in Brooklyn this year. And the only way I could describe them, I saw them with Young Widows. I really like Young Widows, but Helms Lee, they put out a split with Young Widows this year, in fact. And I'm sure they were touring in support of that. But the new uh, Helms Lee, and even watching them perform it live was, you guys are going to make fun of me so hard for saying this out loud, but I felt it was truly like a spiritual experience. It I, was, no, I understand that. I get that. Like the I've songs, that show. they were so I mean, beautiful. We will eventually make fun of you for it, but I think we all do understand <laughs> that a little bit. Like the songs were so beautiful and their performance was so good and just, it's such a good fucking record and I I, I, I would really, like to really point something out though, because sometimes... You know, we're kind of breaking down our lists and reasons why we like things. Sometimes it could totally just be, I fucking love that band. Yeah. Love reason. the band, love the record. Yeah. But I think you just came up on a, another podcast topic was 
times we've been at a show where we've had that spiritual awakening. Mm. I'm sure all of us have been at a show and just had that like whoa shit moment. Like that moment is now really significant. And when we do that podcast, I'm going to have uh, Justin tell the story of the Coheed show where I had my spiritual awakening in your pants. Not false. <laughs> Who? Oh. All right, number one, a record that we actually don't carry in the store. I don't know if that is if that carries any You're weight. Just cut way that part to out. preface okay. that one. Okay. Well, I just feel you know not of any part of. Well, a fart of our own. You know. Just take a pause and then say your number one. You number say, one. Did you say not any fart of our own? <laughs> <I> definitely did. <laughs> number one, Laser Wolf, the beast of left and right. Can we call them Laser Wolf? We can. Laser Wolf. The Laser Wolf, uh, which was the palindrome record, which I told you guys all about. So the the album. <laughs> oh, God. There's a story. There's always a story. This time about a couple years ago, he was living in Westchester, but commuting to the, to the Hudson Valley. I don't know if you've heard this before. <laughs> he left a large record on the turntable. Yeah, it's bad. It was cut in half. I'm sorry, continue. Laser Wolf. It, it, this was actually going back to talking about new artists that we found this year. This was the artist that I found this year. And, and they made your top ten. And holy number fuck. One. They're my okay. number one. Holy shit. Did they inspire me? And were awesome. I got to see them live. They fucking, they're just great. They're a really great band, and I can't say enough nice things about them. They're, I feel like they're going to be huge. Like They're going to be like the next humongous band in metal. When you say it's the palindrome record, you mean that they play the record one way on the A side, and then the B side of the record is them playing the record backwards. Not like it's just reverse, but them playing it Right, right. They didn't just play the album. They just didn't take the recording, hit a reverse button, it's and then like, put that outside. They didn't just give up halfway dead. through the palindrome. <laughs> right. Yeah. To my understanding, okay. cool. yeah. I think that's, that's cool. I think that's great. I that's think that's a cool amazing. concept. Yeah. And cool concept is one thing, but pulling it off and making it sound good is another. Yeah. Seriously. My new discovery this year didn't do that, and I'm a little ashamed now. I actually have a Melvin's record where side A is a song, and side B is the song. Just they hit reverse and put it okay. on side B. So that's, what I was, that's what I was asking thing. with the laser wolf. Did they just right? Okay, cool. Go hang a salami. I'm a lasagna hog. Taco cat. Taco cat. Taco cat. A man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Well done. Birdo. Radar. <laughs> 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 All right. Daryl brings us to Daryl. Yeah. Well, this is this is really great because it's building up to Justin being like the grand finale. No. Like, we, are, mind, we are all the no, light his fireworks. Number, his number one is, no, he hasn't told anyone his number one. Right. We don't even have an idea. We, we yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. So while JB's list was full of a lot of stuff where he said the name and looked at us for approval and we all went, oh, sure, whatever that is. Yeah. yeah my list yeah. is probably worse. Uh, because That's why I'm, I'm just pushing my mic away. Yeah, just push it. Just forget it. I'll just read this really quick and we'll just move on. <laughs> he told me earlier he made sure to look up what country the bands were from. Ooh. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't. Did you I, also look up the pronunciation of their names? Uh, there's only one on here that would even be in question. Okay. Okay, so number 10 on my list is uh, Tenger Cavalry, a Mongolian folk metal band <laughs> from, from China. This is real. Mon- this is, Mongols from China, huh? Mongols from China. That's, first they, of all, they, they, uh, they're okay, closing the barriers. These aren't the fucking people who built the railroads, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Big Lebowski. Okay, uh, well, I was thinking South Park where the Mongolians tear down the shitty wall, but that's another story altogether. But it's Mongolian folk metal, 
Uh, and the the leader of the band, his name is <laughs> Nature Nature Zhang, I believe is his name. Nature is. His you know, I've always name. admired the Mongolians because they're very. Um, Isn't Nature Zhang a centric people? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is right up your alley. Uh, number nine on the list is a band that I did actually play in the store, uh, Northern Oak. Their album of Roots and Flesh. They're from the UK, and it's uh, that's the flute-driven folk metal that I played in the store. Oh, if, yes. Yeah, yeah. Metal uh, flute. Metal flute, which I really enjoyed. Jethro Tull. What's the problem? Well, exactly, and it kind of takes that to, a, to another level. Uh, dual vocals, male-female like vocals. Tull. Distorted flute. Distorted flute. Oh, my God, some Yaz flute. Yaz flute. Um, number eight on the list is a really cool band that I actually think JB would actually really like Ooh. if you sat down and listened to it. Uh, the name of the band is Los Random. The name of the album is Pitanoma. They're from Argentina, and it's kind of really spacey prog stuff, which I, I just have it in my head that you would listen to it and be like, whoa, this is making my flannel change colors. You had me at spacey prog. There you go. Los you Random. You had me at Pita. <laughs> Pita. No, it's not a pita like pita bread, Roberto. Never mind. Uh, he's getting into animal rights. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> Only horse rights. <laughs> uh, number seven is a band that is, I, I'll call them mysterious. Uh, the name of the band is Python. The name of the EP was What's Done is Done. And I say they're mysterious because you can find uh, basically no information about them. They have a Bandcamp page. Daryl, which... you're not allowed nope. to invent a nope. band to take up space <laughs> they, on your list. They have a Bandcamp page where it states they're from Russia, yet every other mention of them on the internet says they're Filipino, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It means they're KGB. Uh, but they're really cool. It's like uh, kind of sludgy groove metal. Really, really cool. Uh, anyway, number six, uh, a band that... Someone here has actually listened to. Number six will be Mirker. Mirker. It makes number Mirker. six on the list. I will actually comment on this because I, I made fun of Mirker when I heard the name. I called him Merker or Mercury Rising. Or Merkin. Starring Bruce Willis. Um, I bought the EP that did? Uh, after listening to it. It's, it's solid. And I would point out that when we ordered it, I was very new to the store when we ordered it, and I thought for sure it was going to end up in my blame basket. Like, oh, we're going to order this. No one's going to buy it. I'm going to feel like an asshole. And we've actually had to reorder it more than times, once. Yeah. Times now. Yeah. Uh, I know a couple customers have bought it, and everyone that's bought it has said good things about it. So. And it's a fe- female vocalist, right, Daryl? Female vocalist who is uh, she's actually a Scandinavian pop artist, uh, and this is her kind of black metal side. Which led to the question, what happens if, like, Katy Perry makes a black metal album. No I'll buy that. I no, we did. No, we had this debate. Oh. We actually asked customers in the store, and they said they would buy it. I would listen to it, for I, sure. I would definitely yeah. at least listen. I'd probably buy it, because it probably smells like... But what else did we just learn about Mirkir? Uh, she, her name escapes me at the moment, but she's also in the group X-Cops. The album just came out this oh. week. So uh, we listened to some of that the other day. It's yeah, that was pretty good. Poppy, dancey stuff. a cop? No. I don't know. It's Move false. on. False. Uh, number five... A uh, band from Milwaukee called Arctic Sleep. Uh, they had a new album this year called The Passage of Gaia. Uh, the album artwork I think you guys would appreciate as well. Um, but it's kind of just really smooth. I, I don't even know what to call it. It's it's not Doom because you know, Doom kind of has that really serious tone to it. But this is not like that. It's kind of light. I don't know. Whatever. That's number five. Number four, a band that you all know, Junius, had their new EP this year, Days of the Fallen oh, Sun. Oh, Junius. Are you saying that because you don't actually know who they are? Because I would say that because I actually really like them. I don't know. Who oh, you don't know Junius. Really? No. Speaking we'll of on. revelation moments, I saw Junius open for 
uh, Alceste, not that that means anything to any of you, but I saw Junius open for them in um, the fucking place in the city that does shows. The garden. Oh, that place. Uh, I was there. Terminal 5. Theater. Hammerstein uh, Ballroom. No, it's a small place. Williamsburg Ballroom. Ballroom. Or whatever. Ballroom. No, whatever. AMC Cinemas. Yes, <laughs> AMC Cinemas. Uh, and Jun- seeing Junius live was one of those revelation moments for me. I saw Junius with uh, the band Irrepress. I don't know if you know them. Love them. Soul ICI. Oh, my God. What a good band. Don't you like them? Don't you have some of their stuff? What is it? Ear press? No. no. I, don't I so. repress. As Ear press is how it's spelled. Incorrectly call it. I don't think so. Hmm. You know what I like about this podcast is uh, I feel like a lot of us are going to go back and listen to a lot more shit in the next coming days. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to download so many soundtracks when I get home to listen to <laughs> on the car ride. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to record Justin... <laughs> doing the podcast that way, and I'm going to listen to Kubrick. I'm not yep. listening to shit. I'm just going to make my own horror soundtrack. I could sell it to Roberto. It's practically yeah. done now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so Junius, Days of the Fallen Sun, and I know it's an EP, but they're just, they do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. Everything they've put out has been good. Uh, so that brings me to my top three. Uh, number three, which was a surprise for me because I don't typically like him that much. You but surprised yourself? I did. Oh. Uh, Devin Townsend put out a new album this year, uh, mm-hmm. which is Z2, which is the second half of the Ziltoid, the Omniscient Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a double album, and the first disc is uh, Blue Sky, Sky Blue, uh, whatever. Um, Blue Sky. And it's kind of just lighter stuff, which sounds a lot like his last album, Epic Cloud. Uh, but it's really good. But the second album is the, the actual Ziltoid album. It's called Dark Matters. And the story is kind of cheesy and funny, but the music is really, really good. Uh, and they had the lead singer of the Stolen Babies uh, does some singing oh. on it. I love the Stolen Babies, if you have not listened to the Stolen Babies. The little accordion, little metal accordion on there. I haven't. You haven't? Well, no. Check them out. It's okay. really cool. Uh, I'm, honestly, I'm just intrigued even beyond mocking of the, the use of these instruments in some kind of metal recording. This is, so. this is what I do. This is my life. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but the other thing about the Devin Townsend album, they actually had the, I believe it's called the Universal Choir, 2,000 people forming the choir that was the backbone of the second disc, which I thought was really, really did cool. Did they sing cool. in, in sync together? Yeah, like, they do. It, it just sounds like this really amazing, like just huge. Like even if they sang one note, 2,000 people singing one note... Yep. I would be impressed. Yep. Number two, an album that Roberto has made fun of, as, I, as I've talked about it a million times, uh, the album by Botanist, which is the new album, which was uh, volume six, Flora. And it is called Botanist for a reason. I just basically view it as uh, if Poison Ivy made a metal album, it would be called Botanist. And you're not far off. Story-wise, it's basically about this this botanist who... Eco-terrorist? He, he pr- appreciates nature, but the plants are taking over the world, and he's like the last one seeing it happen. Uh but Why couldn't he make a comic book? I'm sure there probably is something. Probably, yeah, no, he's kind is. of an enigma, and he has he's written this whole story based on it, and he's created his own world. But uh, the the really cool part about that is the the main instrument on the album is the hammered dulcimer, uh, mm. which is very interesting to hear, especially if you heard it the first time. You might not even totally get that it's not a, gu- a guitar or bass and whatever. So I've only ever heard hammered dulcimers on bluegrass recordings. So well, again, there you go. interested outside the comfort zone. Uh, but my number one, which I was not sold on, these top three were kind of, uh, they were moving around a little bit. Okay. Number uh, one. My number one album was uh, the Icelandic band Solstifer, which was another one that I fully expected in my blame basket at the store when I, we ordered uh, four copies of the Solstifer, album. Solstifer, not Soulstuffer? 
No. Okay. It's not Soul Stuffer. I went to American Pie. The movie? Yeah. What? Soul Stiffler. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I wasn't going to say it. There was a lot of hype surrounding the album uh, from labels and various online sources, but uh, I expected <laughs> it to be a black metal album, and it is not. In fact, I would actually call it an Icelandic Baroness. I'm intrigued. Wow. Yes. That's a bold claim. Yes, because it's... I, and here's here's the phrase that I think I'll use, is that the guy's voice is perfectly imperfect. Like, he doesn't sing perfectly in key, mm-hmm. but that totally fits what he's doing. Uh, but it's all sung in Icelandic, so there is a language barrier there. But I th- still think, like, emotionally it comes across and... I think if the music's solid, it doesn't really matter with language. I mean, right. I listen to Sigur Rós albums and right. in the mood. I mean, that's it, good shit. And that is, that's a moving musical experience, listening to a Sigur Rós that's album. That's also true. And speaking of Icelandic bands. And I'm right. going to go out on a limb here and say I'm very surprised that Prince was not on your list, Daryl. I really like those two Prince records, but they would be like in the top 20. I have a serious <laughs> question for Daryl, though. Where do you... I mean, I know you have your metal blog, Sorrow uh-huh. Eternal. Uh-huh. at sorrowreturnal.com. Right. Where do you discover these people? I know some probably based on your blog contact you. Do they ever contact you to like yes. review shit and listen to it? Some of this stuff I get I've gotten in emails from bands from labels whatever. It's just kind of like hey, here's a freaking digital promo, just listen to it. And I listen to everything, even if I just give it 5 minutes just to see mm-hmm. what it is. I dig. Like you like how do you find all these soundtracks? I mean, obviously, you're uh, on, on this death. Right, yeah. exactly, and that's how you find boards, it. Yeah. So I get a lot of this stuff and just kind of go like, oh, this new band is doing folk metal from China. Whatever, let me check it out. And then you kind of go like, oh, you know what? That is completely different from everything else I listen to. And, you know, that's kind of it. Yeah, cool. I don't even know where I found Solstifer. I think I found it on, like, Metal Sucks or something. had done, like, a write-up on them because they're very genre-bending. Like, it's kind of hard to pigeonhole them into uh, one metal genre. Um, but just so cold, so cold. Yeah, I feel like I feel like mine. I get a lot that are recommended to me mm-hmm. by people, and then I see them live, and that's where I like. That's most of these bands that are on this list are here because I saw them live, and like it, live bands really like seal it to me. Like I, they seal them in in there. Well, I agree. I had, I had listened to Junius before, but when I saw them live that first time, Gramercy Theater is where I saw them, which is an old mm. tiny movie theater, mm-hmm. and it's like place holds what 200 people maybe uh and i saw them and i was sitting in the first row of seats like there's a floor and i was i was there for alcest so i sat in the first row of seats and looked down and watched them and it just kind of something about their performance just struck me where i went like i want to listen to this all the time mm-hmm. and like i love the prince records but i'm never going to listen to them in the car i would listen to them at home but for me the car is kind of my my sanctuary for music because i have it's like a 40 minute drive and if I want to listen to – I don't listen to the radio. I don't want to listen to a mix. I want to listen to an album. So I want to be able to put something in and say, this is what I'm listening to for the next 35 to 40 minutes. And so you raise something that's a really interesting point is that um, even being in a band and you know talking about the Wait, music industry. Wait, you're in a band? And uh, one thing that a lot of people say is that like people don't want albums anymore. People want singles. And I am such Bullshit. the opposite yeah. of that person. Like I – I'm not interested in like bands who just write songs and an album is really just, you know, 10 songs just put in a row and that's it. That doesn't hit me the same way as a band who actually goes through and they, you know, there's thought behind everything. The whole thing is one giant piece. I love that. But that's also you're speaking also about the idea of physical media because it all comes together. Each song 
has something to do with the next. The order that they're in is special. The, the, the is artwork, the packaging, the way the disc is presented, everything mm-hmm. comes together. But again, you're speaking from someone who likes physical media for the, the kind of quick, I want to download a track and listen to Katy Perry sing Firework. Which I do. Which Roberto does. <laughs> but the idea of discovering music, Justin and I have had this conversation. Justin doesn't seem to like when people recommend he listen to things. I have a hard time with that, actually. Because you want to feel like you did this for yourself. Like, you dis- I discovered this band, and it makes me feel good. Yeah, it really does. And I uh, generally don't go out of my way to find a lot of new music anymore. Um, I don't know what it is, but now and then I do. And then I get really excited about that band. Well, look at First Aid Kit. Yeah. Well, I actually uh, I saw on Facebook someone posted a, an article that was written that said as a person ages, they're less inclined to enjoy, to be open to new musical experiences. That's why you get the people, the the, the diehard Beatles fans uh, out there who are just all about one group, or it could be anything. It could be, you know, the people who are really into Jethro Tull. Or... But it's not even that. It's It's the people who constantly say music sucks now like are you kidding me i don't say that no exactly but there are the people who just shut off and say well music sucks now you know isn't the same as it used to be i mean obviously i wouldn't say that i will say that choosing 10 albums that i really enjoyed this year was tough because while obviously there's amazing music out there still being made there's also a lot of shit being produced right and it's it's tough to kind of weed through that and the stuff that's you know made for a single or something like that, or the the, mm-hmm. uh, the money makers and all that crap. You know what? We all like really different things, and we all approach music really differently. We all get new music in different, in vastly different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, that doesn't discredit any other. Like I said before, me saying that I felt like my list was pedestrian after hearing your list doesn't change. It doesn't make the, any of our lists any less valid. Um, Thank I would you, say, John, Brian. That- if you if you look at a lot of the, my choices on my list, I'm kind of a word guy. So not that I don't love a good riff and can get really into the music, but um, I'd, I'd say lyrics really grip me. And that's, that's always been big consistent over since uh, like high school. I remember you know you always been into the lyrics and when you yeah, went through your emo phase when you were sad, Justin. Yeah, I was. Oh. I always say that I was. I've never been into hardcore because I was never angry. I was just sad. And without further ado, <laughs> moving on. Number ten. Uh, the Black Keys, Turn Blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, yeah. Some nice big riffs on that one and uh, a lot of good hooks. They're headlining Mountain Jam. They are. They are. Indeed. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Uh, at number nine, I'm put in uh, Electric Wizards. It's Time to Die. Yeah. I've uh, been a fan of Electric Wizard for years now, and they finally came out with another record after quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a good one, you know, just solid weed and death and witch orgies and you just you, that's the you fuzzy know, stuff i'm you talking can't go about wrong and you know it's i can fuzz doom yeah i consider that for my top 10 and then i only reason i took it out is because i haven't like all these other ones i've listened to repeatedly right. and i know them and that's i just i've only listened to that one a few times and i was like I don't know if that's stuck in with it i really like this record there's been multiple sundays since it came out that i've been at the store alone and uh, I will just put it on repeatedly in the store. You used it to demo the starter kit for yeah, someone. Yeah, I was just uh, starter kit demoing it. Uh, number eight, we've got uh, Mastodon, Once More Around the Sun. Okay. I all don't right. uh, I don't think it disappointed at all. I know there's a lot of people with a lot of strong feelings about Mastodon. As you stare directly into my eyes. <laughs> it's like you're reading my mind right now. Um, but I thought it was a solid effort. What do you yeah, consider I, I their best it. work? For me... 
Uh, you're on the spot I now. I, I know. Mine. I, What's yours? Mine is without a shadow of doubt, Leviathan. Re- Leviathan. Oh, okay. Okay. I would agree with Leviathan. So oh, I would have thought God. Roberto was going to say remission. I Hearts am, Alive is like the, the crowning thing they ever wrote. Was that so I think I would take, I think Blood Mountain was the album that changed my feelings on them, and I think Crack the Sky is always going to be their masterpiece. Crack the Sky is probably mine. I, it's like yeah. Leviathan is a very, very close second, but Crack the Sky... That record, when it came out, I I played the hell out of that record. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw them way too many times on that tour. Yeah. Uh, next, number seven, Foo Fighters, Sonic Highways. Okay. I was wondering okay. if the Foos were going to make it. You know, I was wondering about it, too. And I think Roberto and I were talking about this earlier. He made a good point that as an album, it may not be super cohesive because just of the concept itself where they the way, recorded. The way Jeff Grohl wrote it. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Grohl. Grohl. <laughs> 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 it's Roberto's first if day. If had written it, it would have been an amazing album. <laughs> his brother, his twin brother, his twin Jeff, brother. <laughs> Jeff Grohl. Uh, so when Jeff Grohl was putting this album together, <laughs> you know, each song is recorded in a different city, a different studio. And I, so I think you might lose a little bit of the flow, but between the album itself and actually watching the accompanying series, I thought it was just a really cool concept and to see what they were doing. It really was a new take on like a concept album, wasn't it? No. And I think there was even uh, customers who came in and said that they really didn't like it. And then it was the same thing for me where I wasn't super into it. And then we watched the show together. Yeah. And it turned the whole thing around. That's what we said to them. We were like, watch the show. And I feel like every single customer who came in and said they didn't like it went back and watched the show and did a 180. There's just so much heart that went into it. Is there a plan to put that out on DVD or anything, do you know? I don't know, but I I don't see why they wouldn't. I'm sure at some point. Because I think, I don't have HBO, and we've talked about that before, and I think maybe I'd I'd watch it and then reevaluate the album, but I know when Roberto and I listened to it the first time, we both said the same thing, that it didn't have, Wasting Light had that perfect first song hook, hook. and I didn't get that from the new album. See, I still feel that the, the hook is there, mostly because of the episode, though. Exactly, and, and like, I don't uh, have that. You know, you're watching this whole thing with Steve Albini, and it's just, you know, Dave and talking I, about his punk rock roots and everything. I think I, my only comment would be that, like, I, pre, I, I haven't watched the uh, the series yet, although I do have intend to get HBO soon, so I will watch it. But, HBO um, soon standing, is that a new service? Standing alone as an, as an album, as an audio music album, it didn't hook me. As an experience with the the show and then the album and stuff like that, I might feel differently about it. What was the first song on on uh, Wasting Light? White Limo. Um, I don't. I don't. Know. I'm bad with track names. But that that opening riff, the song starts yeah. in the opening riff. I'm I'm already in. Yeah. And I think the first song on Sonic Highways, it took me to like the last the thirty words. to forty five right, seconds of that, that track. One, it builds and builds and right, builds. Right. And it, at that point, I kind of go, like, okay, now we're back into a Foo Fighters yeah. record, and you kind of get excited. And the album flows from it, but the, it also seems really short. It which, does seem kind of short. Which Gerald is, doesn't like short things. It's not that I don't like. It's, uh, that's why JB and I don't get along. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I am quite hobbit. It, it's, it's not that I have a problem with short albums. I but I was talking about your penis. It's, it's almost same thing. Wow. Okay. It's, it's almost short a good thing when an album seems short, though, because that means it flows together, and you kind of you know you don't get bored in the middle and go like Jesus, this album's still on. I mean, I I pictured it as a soundtrack more than an album. To You're me. right. It's You're right. And yeah. when you when you take. when you watch it with the show, it's a whole new beast. So that's that's what turned around my appreciation. Uh, I think watching the show gives you an emotional investment into the record where and like, you know, there are subtle clues in the lyrics 
that if you're watching the episode, you suddenly get what that lyric is, as mm-hmm. opposed to just being something stupid he said. Lyrics uh, and even the music was was tied into. Yeah, things, I mean, so. it's all influenced right. by where they are. Yeah. And Jeff Grohl said they, they would never do this again. <laughs> he did say that, but then I saw a different interview where he hinted that there might be another series. Sonic Highways too. I don't know. So I think he should go down highways. to uh, Epcot Center at Disney World and write a song in each country. He's gonna. You know what he's gonna do next season of Sonic Highways is gonna be he's gonna record a band from each city. That's what I was thinking. It'll be someone else. It's gonna be the yeah. opposite. All right. So number All right. six. Yeah. Uh, I think this might be our first overlap moment of the podcast. Jack White. Uh, nope. Number six is Beck's Morning Phase, mm-hmm. which was on Roberto's list. It was. Cool. Um, just I think an all around beautiful record. Beautiful. You use beautiful. the word beautiful. It's, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. It's a really. Yeah, There's a lot of composition great. that went into that record. I, I'm. I, was, I'd like to say I'm. I'm Beck ignorant. Yeah, I would say well crafted is the best way to describe it. Like you felt the time that they put into writing that music. Beck has these sort of emotional roller coasters where he goes between soul crushing and absurd, and uh, we found him again at soul crushing. I would say both of those things also terms used to describe Scientology. <laughs> Truth. Of which Beck is a part of. Yeah. Which that, is why really? will, I don't like to talk about that. He will never be in sort of a top me. ten list of me for that reason alone. <laughs> All right. Sorry, so Bob. anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Beck. Look, you got dark last podcast. That was my turn. <laughs> um, number five, Weezer. Everything will be all right in the end. Okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I wanted that one on my list. It was. It it's just fucking good. It. it is. It is. I have nothing bad to say about that. There's album. so oh. many great hooks on it. Again, we find river rivers. 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 River. We find river in a dark place. A rivers. And Stream but with a, he's plural. You know, as whether or not he intended it, there could be a question mark at the end of the title of the record. Uh huh. I think it's open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. I think the only song on that album that I didn't. Love is Back to the Shack, the single. I think it's my least favorite track on the album. I'm, I might agree with that, I think actually. that happens with a lot of Weezer, honestly. Like, the singles are not always the best tracks on the album. He, um... Say It Ain't So is still my favorite Weezer song. Hands down. Ooh. Actually, I like In the Garage. I love In the Garage. In the garage. I think that's garage. my favorite song on the Don't you love record. Surf Wax America, too? No. That's another a, good one. That's my favorite car sing-along. Surf, Surf Wax, Wax America. America. See, and that was the oh, one song from it. the Blue Album that I was not in love with. I like I like majority of Pinkerton. My, for me, it's Across the Sea, track four right. on Pinkerton. Yep. Uh, the, I always thought the drum tone on Pinkerton was what mm-hmm. sealed it for me. <laughs> Going back to Dark Side, all about tone. All about tone. Anyway, January next podcast before uh, the nineties. Number four, first aid kit, stay gold. Good. Uh, love this record. The two girls are Swedish. Yeah, yeah, Swedish. Lingenberry, I guess. They like the meatballs. Similar. See, that's German, but they but they're Swedish, but they do Americana better than most most American artists. Right? Uh, yeah, they do Americana, and they covered America for Black on their Friday. ten inch. Yeah, yeah. 10 inch. the band. And it's a really nice. No, no, uh, no the Simon, Simon and Garfunkel. Garfunkel. And um, I'm also, my favorite poem happens to be Robert Frost, Nothing Gold Can Stay. And the album title and the first single are a play on that poem, hence the album title, Stay Gold. When I first started, that was in the player. And mm-hmm. I remember asking every day, what is this again? First aid kit? And I have passed that along to uh, several people. And I think you've garnered a couple extra first aid kit fans because it was on. I remember that's another one uh, we heard at one of the meetings in Los Angeles, the the, uh, the single track from that. Yeah, I thought and her voice was haunting. It was haunting. I remember just waiting for it to be released. Yeah. Or we got back and we listened to the first album 
and then I was, you know, I was excited. I had heard them place. before. Um, DST had played them, and there was a Jack White single with them on the, for part of his Blue series that I thought was pretty cool. All right, so now now we're into my top three. The illustrious top, top three. three. Right. I uh, I really struggled with First Aid Kit being number three, but I put Ryan Adams at number three. Um, again, as Berto mentioned, and we we're crossing over. We mm. saw him when we were like Justin and Berto crossing streams once again. <laughs> um, and I had forgotten, not forgotten, but had sort of gotten away from Ryan Adams. I, in high school, I was a fan. And uh, again, he's one of those words guy, words guys. And um, I don't know, he played what ended up being the first single from this album, Acoustic, at this little thing we were at. And I thought it was fucking great. And then when I heard the actual song... There's this whole Moog part in the background, and just, oh, God, it's fucking awesome. Do you mean Moog? No. What's a, what's a Moog? You know, the, just the synthesizer, like um, Booker T. Isn't it pronounced Moog? I thought it was, it was Moog. It's also Rianne Adams. <laughs> and Ocenia. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Woo! moving on. Uh, well, I'm I'll, surprised no one has ever corrected us on our podcast. No one's ever been like, mm, excuse me, you're saying that incorrectly. You're mm-hmm. assuming people are listening. That's true. That's a bold assumption, my friend. Um, number two, Jack White. Okay. Lazaretto. Second overlap. Uh, solid fucking Third. record. I think, uh, I think that Jack continues to grow as a songwriter. I know many of you in this room. Don't love his work in the White Stripes. Mm-hmm. Barring that, I think he does a lot of great things. Not only is he full of fun gimmicks that he never really shows his hand on, he records. He doesn't plan these things. Like he'll, he'll write the lyrics, but he just hires session musicians for many of these things, and they just show up, mm-hmm. and then they just put it together on the spot. Records to tape. Can't say enough about it. Love this record. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a question, an honest question. I, I've grown to like the album. If you take the gimmicks away, the Ultra LP thing, you know, the, take the gimmicks away, do you think he's this popular? Yeah. You do? I, I say fuck the gimmicks. It doesn't matter. See, that's, that's yeah. where I'm going to interject my uh, Jack White sentiment, I guess. Um, I actually don't have a problem with him in the White Stripes. I enjoy the White Stripes maybe a little more than his solo stuff. <laughs> but um, in general, I think he's a great producer and uh, musician. Mm-hmm. But I think his his image bothers me, and I think I, he I, wants it to bother you. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he, you well, specifically. He's, 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 he's <laughs> Roberto Hull, but uh, in he my follows mind, your I Facebook page to describe it to customers as well. I'm talking about uh, Jack White, is that to me? And I almost see him as the Beyonce of the indie rock scene. Beyonce. Can you really seriously? That's yeah, what I mean, he's, he's a great. He's a talented musician. No, or he's no, or the fact that he's correcting your pronunciation of Beyonce. Beyonce, whatever. Beowulf. Beyonce. Beyonce at the museum with Ocenia <laughs> in my Jaguar. <laughs> I say Beyonce. 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 Anyway, so Jack White's so like, like Beyonce. Talented musician, but the the gimmicks bother me. Like. The constant uh, holograms or the little um, the record recording machine he did with Neil. I like the Neil Young album, but just that whole thing just I guess, but it's a, a bad flavor in my mouth. You know what re- turned me around on Jack White? He respects the trade. 
He does respect he the He respects trade. the history of it. He respects everything that goes into it. He goes out of his way to always do shit that no one else has done. And he's preserving what's been done. And that's, that's what I mean. And yeah. that's fine. Like he, was, I, he goes I, back I res- and he respects the history. I respect him as a musician and a producer, but, but I gotta call you out though. my list. There was, I can't remember what it was because I didn't give a fuck really, but there was some horror soundtrack that was blood-filled. And you were obsessed with it for days. Friday the 13th. The Friday the 13th soundtrack. That's true. It's a gimmick. It is a gimmick. It's a gimmick. But, yeah. Okay. Well, he did specifically say he doesn't like Jack White's gimmick. So I, I don't like the constant the constant gimmick, I guess. I understand his point. Like I said, musically, from listening to Lazaretto in the store, I, have, I like the album. It's fine. Mm-hmm. At some point, I will probably own it. Think about your trip when you got the, the three-inch record collection. Mm. Is that necessary? No. And that's a that's a collector's thing, right? But it's fun. No, and the thing is, is it's the same thing with like the Melvins. He's not doing it. He's not trying to pull fucking the wool over anybody's eyes. He's doing it because he's trying to a put out something that he fucking like. He likes. He loves it, and he's trying to put out something cool that's unique. He's trying to give people unique things. He's not doing it to say like, let me see how much I can fucking cash in on this yeah, fucking I, morons. Let me see how many Records idiots will buy this. Is definitely not a profit making machine. Like the money that they spend on all of these gimmicks are expensive yeah it's like people who try to get into the guinness book of world records so their name could be written down in this thing saying no one else has ever done this or will ever do this again like opening beer with chainsaws right like you know that's what he's trying to do he's trying to he's trying to fucking you know make a footprint like a big footprint that will always be there and i respect the shit out of that same thing you know like i said same thing for the melvins like they put out crazy editions of their vinyl they put out tour editions they understand what they're doing none of it is done just for the sake of, say, you know, cashing in or anything like that. They're doing it because they respect their fans. They respect the industry. They respect the history. I, I guess yeah, I, would, I would just stipulate that I, I don't disrespect Jack White. He's just not for me. But now, wait a second. What you just said about the Melvins, isn't that the, the exact definition of cashing in? Releasing different editions of the same album because they know their fans are going to buy them? Isn't that exactly what cashing in is? I didn't say they would do it because they knew their fans would buy them. But That's you just said they're, cater- they're catering to their fans. So no, how many copies? They, no, no, okay, because wait, wait, wait. They, no, because they want to put out unique things that stand out and stand and set them apart from all the mainstream bullshit and add value. I would say do that you catering own to the fans is different from catering to the masses. Like the like the surprise album releases from like uh, Kanye and Jay Z this year were catered to. Fucking everybody. See that to me? That's fucking just, everybody. Like, that is, like this is only available now. Surprise, buy it. And that was just tr- that everyone tr- bought it. That's trying to cash in. Exactly. The that, only that's how reason I would they did that was to make more money in their own. Whereas pockets. the Melvins or you know Jack White, they know what their fans like, and they'll make it to be appreciated. They know that you know people aren't lining up at Walmart to buy an ultra LP. Yeah, it's not fucking you know. Oh, well, I need another fucking jacuzzi in my bathtub, so this will fucking line <laughs> Wait, on the wall. You don't think yeah. Jack White has it a jacuzzi? I Maybe believe he does. You think you know King Buzzle has a jacuzzi? I don't Fuck. think I don't they think made he... jacuzzis in the 1920s when bath- Jack White's bathtub is probably from. <laughs> He's earned it. He's earned a little jacuzzi, jacuzzi? time. Okay. Finish it off, JJ. All right. This is one no one's going to relate to. But my my album of the year. Taste Weezy. Nope. No, this, this is it, though. This is the one we've all been waiting for. Okay. Is Manchester Orchestra. Cope and Hope. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, wow. Um, I would tell you that this album hit me like no other album this year. It is an emotional roller coaster for me. And uh, the cool thing about it is they did Hope, which came out uh, May, June, somewhere yeah, spring, around then. right? Yeah, yeah. and um, 
you know, it's a it's a big album. It's got a lot of big sounds on it, but the you know the lyrics are still there. And then just uh, in the past month or so, they released Hope, which is a reimagining of Cope, and it's mm. a stripped down acoustic version. It's not they just took the other instruments away. It was actually re-recorded, and uh, even a couple of the lyrics had been altered to fit the tone better. But it just, man. See, that's interesting because I think I would like a stripped down Manchester Orchestra more than I like the uh, uh, Cope was the first one. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. I remember you played that, and I was like, okay, it's cool. It wasn't for me. Uh, I don't think I've listened to Hope yet, so now Hope, I'm curious about listening to Hope. Hope is, like, really raw, and you can hear... He has a very unique voice. I'm, I'm a fan of unique voices, and um, it really shines through. He has this kind of a, a warble sometimes, and it, I will I will admit that it brought me to tears in one song. JB loves a good warble. I love a good warble. <laughs> I love a good being brought to tears. When was the last album that brought you to tears? You want the honest answer? Yeah. Baroness, Yellow and Green. Brought you to tears? The fucking last song on Green every fucking time. It's like this. the melody is so fucking beautiful. I think we should just have a podcast where we each bring in the song that brings us to tears and we just... Four sad fucks sitting around <laughs> crying at records. Dude, I'll beat you all. But we have to listen to headphones because we don't have the, we don't want to pay the royalties. So it's just us <laughs> crying into microphones. Four men crying. The podcast. <laughs> and I, I only know mine specifically because I remember uh, in the car talking with Jenny Zuko about it, and Jay Z. She and she said the same thing. We have to sign off now. We all need to go cry. <laughs> or some of us just need to go <laughs> cry. Anyway, anyway, that was that was it. That was my number one. Cool. I like that all of our lists Open were so home. different. They really were. So they we had overlaps, but different Ryan Adams too. overlapped, and Beck. Beck overlapped, and you had one Jack overlap. White. Jack White. Jack White. Yeah. So we had three overlaps, meaning yep. that out of forty, we ended up with thirty-seven artists. Mm-hmm. Can we? I think we can thirty-seven. Not too shabby. And it wasn't easy to put to pick ten. Yeah, this was a pain in the ass. But now you were saying before it was hard to pick ten. 10 albums that you really enjoyed. Yeah. Yet you, before we started, had at least 11 on your list and actually had to eliminate one. I have 11 on my list right now. I did. I did have well, another one. And again, this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. So, okay, my honorable mention would be Fu Manchu, Gigantoid. Dude. Oh, man, someone in the store is going to love that. It's only the second album I've heard by them, actually. Uh, but solid. It's like solid... West Coast kind of fuzzy punk. They got some sci-fi references in their lyrics. And it's another short album. It's only about like 35 minutes. So that's your honorable mention? That's or is that your mention. your artist that you discovered this year? No, I had known of them before. My artist that I discovered this year was a group, a couple called the Handsome Family. Handsome Family. Hmm. And uh, they became, I guess, notable because they did the theme song to True Detective Season 1. Right. And they do very... They're technically country, but it's very... It's, that's a lyric group right there. Like, very mm-hmm. dark, kind of murder ballad music. Murder ballad Nick um, Cave reference. Yep, yep. I mean, the, the murder ballad is, you know, a recognized song In traditional form, form yeah. Yep. Justin, I think you might actually appreciate uh, some Handsome Family stuff. I think you played them in the store. I did, yeah. And actually, I'm excited. They just reissued some of their older albums on uh, vinyl recently, so... Uh, JB, my, who is your, my, your honorable mention? I, mine, uh, too. One is... Uh, maybe a given for me, the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And the second was uh, Code Orange. No longer kids. Not no kids. longer the kids, just Code Orange. 
That that was the one I was flipping around with a lot, trying to get that in my we top were ten. That the other day too, and that's a heavy album. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Do you have an honorable mention? Um, I had a couple of things I took off my list. What was your eleven? Uh, my eleven currently is Connor Oberst, Upside Down Mountain. Okay. And a uh, new artist that you discovered? Mm, I mentioned someone here. I guess First Aid Kit is probably the one for me this year. Mm. I was tempted. I was very tempted to say Hozier. I've been into that album. Mm. It's a good soul record. Agreed. Uh, Nickelback. What about I you? actually? I'm going to say my my honorable mentions were the Prince albums, only because I don't think I ever would have sat around and listened to Prince and both albums, mm-hmm. both Artificial Age and uh, Plectrum Electrum, both, they both caught me. And they're good, they're good, Plectrum Electrum being the good rock record. Yeah. And Artificial being it's a very artsy, electro, whatever you want to call it. And I know Birdo hates it, but, you know. Actually, talking to a, a customer of ours on Black Friday kind of summed it up for me. Because uh, I, I, I bust your balls about Prince all the time. Yeah, you but I, I, it. Talking to this guy summed up my actual reason for not enjoying it. And can't wait, 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 wait! I have to interrupt you here. That's actually the last time a song made me cry. I was listening to Artificial, and I was thinking in my head, "Fucking Birdo, man! Fucking Birdo, just always railing on me about Prince. He's never said breakfast can wait. <laughs> breakfast can wait." <laughs> anyway, I think I thought the the albums. I found them kind of boring. They didn't really. They you didn't wanted them to be exciting, and they weren't. Yeah, they, they didn't capture me. They didn't hook me in at all and then it's all to me it's the sound right. going back to something i've said every time we listen to it there's nothing sadder in the world than sad prince that's that true one song that he sings where he's sad that's that's it down, right. down, down. he's probably gonna sue us for that he's notorious <laughs> for that shit whoever whoever hurt you prince i'm gonna hurt them uh and my new artist of the year the one that i discovered this year prince. i'm gonna say is dead empires because I had never uh, heard Dead Empires, but I had never heard Dead Empires before. And I walk into the store, and I, the first day I was sitting with you guys, there was like, oh, JB's not going to be here. He's going on tour. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean going on tour? Was he a comedian? He's, <laughs> he's like a, he spreads the, the world of vegan <laughs> through, through his comedy. And uh, <laughs> the first time I remember going, like, oh, Dead Empires. Oh, let me check it out. And I didn't know what kind of music you were going to make. You know, you got the beard. I thought maybe you were in like a grindcore band or something. A vegan. <laughs> you were in cattle decapitation. Yeah, Dead Empires. I'm take that gig uh, take that. waiting in waves great album and uh the new album next year is um i mean i haven't heard it or anything but it's okay you can talk about it secret snake silent serpent loves the alliteration syllabate s <laughs> silent celibacy <laughs> snake but yeah you know what i really wanted to do i really wanted to release our album at like 12.01 a.m. January 1st so that we could say best album of 2015 <laughs> for, like for some reason I thought you were going to say I really wanted to release our album at Walmart only <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, yeah, you, know you got to do you got to release a, a small batch with the original song title on there then regular batch of albums and then someday catering like, for the fans the misprinted jacket man you got to get that misprinted jacket oh, it's worth so much on ebay bro so much sick i'm so actually gonna buy all john of brian them. is paying selling them off for like 80 bucks a pop i don't know soundtrack guy <laughs> you worked on kanye <laughs> uh, does anyone well, have any favorite reissues while we wrap up while we wrap up we're at two and a half hours yeah True. dude Okay, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw out the Jurassic Park reissue. You just had to say I'm it. Fine. I did. You did. He's been waiting. He actually just like a top ten list. He wanted it to be his number one. You know what mine was? Zep reissues. I was really okay. impressed with the remastering that Plant did. Yeah. I'm sorry, Page did. You know what mine was? 
the So Hideous album because it was on vinyl. I got it on vinyl at the store. And, yeah. uh, great album. They're Absolutely a great fucking. Album. They're a great fucking band. Right. Justin, do you have a reissue? Nick Cave. Probably. The Nick Cave reissues are coming out. There's been a, a whole slew of Dylan Mobile Fidelity reissues oh, yeah, this year. Yep. I I think I bought more reissues this year than I actually bought new albums. Mm. I think the same. Actually. I was looking mm-hmm. through my my list earlier and I kept going, well, no, that's a reissue. That's that's a reissue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Well, I think that sums up our lists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so two hours later, that's a short up our version. List. So I think that sums up our list. I think what JB's going to do is literally just edit it so it's Roberto saying 10, this, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Daryl, JB. <laughs> it's going to be a five-minute podcast. There's going to be no discussion. It's just going to be us naming the things and going, thank you. No, it's just going to be Bert- Berto going 10, and then thank you. That's <laughs> okay. it. It's a five-second podcast. It's, it's a soundtrack. Park. And it's going to be 300 megs. <laughs> <laughs> do, we have a, do we have a coupon code for everybody this week? Name the three albums that overlapped. Okay, yeah. Is that is that acceptable? Sure, sure. So it was Ryan Adams. <laughs> no, you don't list them again now. <laughs> Souls to Fear. No, no, no. no Look, if they made it this far of the podcast, yeah, it was fucking Ryan Adams. Los random. Are there okay. any exclusions, by the way, for the discount? Um, it doesn't apply to gift cards. It doesn't apply to things that are already on sale. Yep, doesn't apply to things that are already on sale. It doesn't apply to anything. It doesn't apply to vinyl. It doesn't apply to CD. <laughs> it doesn't apply to Music Hall or Project Grado. or Grado. Right. So uh, that's our list. Send us yours. We'd love to hear them. We'll be back next year for the next, next podcast. Next year. So until then, have a great holiday. Have a f- fucking amazing new year. Thank you. Everyone who's been with us this whole year, uh, our customers, our friends, everyone who's come in, everyone who's supported us uh, for Record Store Day, for Black Friday, uh, for everything that you guys have done for us. We had an amazing year. Uh, I know I say this on behalf of everybody. We had an amazing year. Nice. We're so thankful to be here and to have all of you uh, on this ride with us. And fun fact that I'm going to throw out there, January marks our anniversary as a dark side. Four cool. years. Four years. So I'm JB. That's Justin. That was Daryl. And I'm Berto. <laughs> and uh, thanks. See you next time. We need a good sign-off. What should be our sign-off? Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should just find a sound, like a sound effect of a needle scratching. Right and until next week. <laughs> that was bad. That was terrible.